The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. Our guest today is Shyamala Prayaga, who is the Autonomous Digital Assistant Vision Lead at Ford. Hi, Shyamala. Thank you so much for joining us today on AI Today. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Yes, welcome, Shyamala, and thanks for joining us. We'd like to start by having you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about your background and your current role at Ford. Sure. So, yeah, I'm Shamla and I'm the product owner, uh, you know, here at Ford Motor Company. So basically, I lead the vision for the autonomous digital assistants, like the now near and far use cases and what technologies do we need? What kind of experience do we need to design? And then bringing it all together to define the experience and implement it. So I've been with Ford for around three years now. And prior to Ford, I worked with Voicebox Technologies, which is now part of Serens. And I worked with Amazon. And that is where my journey with voice experiences started. And I worked with a lot of startups and small size companies as well. So I've been in the experience design world for almost like two decades now. So that's about me. Yeah, well, that's great. Well, you know, we do spend a lot of time talking about all these different applications of AI and this we call the seven patterns of AI. And we were really excited to have you present and participate in a panel at our Data for AI conference, which was held live September 14th through 18th, 2020, virtually, of course, because everything is virtual. But we had you on a panel and it was fantastic. And you shared some really great insights about AI, especially as it relates to voice assistance and voice and autonomous systems for data. And for those who are listening, if you weren't able to attend the event, have no worries because you can still go on and you can access all of the content at dataaiconf.com, including Shyamala's panel. So maybe as a preview to encourage those to listen to the whole panel, Shyamala, why don't you tell us a little bit about your insights that you have gleaned about using AI and the data challenges and some of the other challenges, especially in the context of autonomous and voice assistants? Yeah, sure. So, so basically, you know, like voice assistants, you know, like anyone using voice assistant would know this, that, you know, the superficial level of voice assistant is really good. You know, when you ask uh, the assistant to do something, it would answer, right? But then if you look, there's a lot of technologies and a lot of different kind of things going in the background, which kind of makes the assistant do what it is doing. For example, if you said play music, so of course, you know, like right from recognizing you said music and understanding the intent that you meant that you want to listen to music to processing it and then playing the right music for you. And then, you know, like responding back to your request, all of these things requires a lot of technologies. And of course, throughout this, there's a lot of, you know, like things like recording your voice to understand it, to, you know, like there's a lot of data required to understand the natural language aspect of it. And then, of course, you know, tying to your account and things like that. So there's a lot of, you know, data which needs to be captured throughout when you're designing. Now, I also spoke about, you know, like how these voice assistants are limited to, you know, happy use cases. 
So voice assistants work perfectly if you are, you know, an American with perfect English. But if, you know, the moment you start having some sort of accent, you know, they do not work as much. There are glitches and most of the time it would not even recognize if you have a very strong accent. So that's another problem. So of course, this data challenge, like they have data from a specific segment, not the other. The second thing, especially in the autonomous or any vehicle related things, like if you are in an automotive space, there's a lot of background noise, which you cannot control. So in those kind of scenarios, of course, you know, the assistants fail to recognize what the user said. So some of the automotive companies, they would say like instruct the user, like close the window, you know, like make sure that there's no background noise. But then those are not the solutions to simplify the experience or make it usable. So I feel like there's a lot of data which is still required. We have a lot of data and we are making improvements every day. But I still feel like there's more data which is required to make this entire voice experience, you know, usable for the users. And that is where, you know, we spoke about ethics and how important ethics is. Because as we start collecting all of these data, then we are getting into data privacy, data security and all those kind of aspects. Yeah, you know, that's great. I enjoyed that panel so much. On the panel, we also discussed humanizing privacy and data. Can you share with our listeners what this means and why it's so important? Yeah, glad you asked me that question. I'm also writing a book about this topic, which will come in 2021 called Humanizing Privacy. So like I mentioned, for me, ethics is all about principle, integrity, fairness, and responsibility, right? And then, you know, inclusivity as well. But if you look at these voice assistants, the biggest challenge is, you know, they are great. But then the moment it comes to data, there's a lot of issues. For example, you know, like there has been so many news that Alexa or Google has been record, like listening to our recordings, you know, for the reasons they were not supposed to, not for processing, but for the other reasons. So there were those kind of leaks which has happened. And even if you look at you know, like when you first buy your device or when you first integrate or, uh, you know, like set up your device, you would have terms and conditions and everything in place. But then who reads the terms and conditions to know like what data you are capturing, what data you are storing or what data you are using to fulfill a specific request? No one really does that. And that is where the biggest thing is like, although the companies are trying to cover legally, but they are covering in a way which is not user centered or human centered. And I believe in humanizing privacy because I feel like privacy is the stepping stone towards trust. If users feel, you know, like this company has the right kind of ethics, they are being responsible, they are being fair, they are being honest, they are inti- like, uh, they have integrity, then of course, you know, people will want to use it. And how do we do that? So I believe that it's not just a responsibility of legal or, you know, like general counsel to design some, you know, terms and conditions or consents around these and then give it to the users. But I believe that this is something where, you know, that there has to be more things we need to be humanizing the entire thing you know like entire privacy aspect of it and i believe there are six principles which we use in human-centered design process which is like empathy ease transparency relationship confidence and delight so all these different principles which we use in our human-centered design process we can learn from those So we can involve the users right from the beginning in this process, like, you know, when we are writing the terms and conditions or when we are thinking about consents or when we are thinking about just privacy in general or data in general, 
start with empathy empathize with the user like if you were in the user shoe what would you do how would you think about uh, these kind of things again whatever messaging we are trying to give to the user it has to be you know at ease for the user they should feel like they are understanding bit by bit there has to be transparency you know like whatever you are saying has to be transparent enough for the user to understand no one reads terms and conditions so i believe like all these six principles and you know like leveraging the human centered design approach we can definitely you know humanize privacy because here we are trying to bring user in the forefront rather than thinking about user in the end like well you know this is the terms and conditions and they anyways will click on the agree and you know we get the consent I feel like there's a responsibility uh, the company has. Every industry who's collecting data about the user, or every industry who's using artificial intelligence, you know, has a responsibility to make it more human-centered. Yeah, that's really interesting. You know, especially in the context of voice applications, because you know, when we think about applications, we don't always think about the different ways in which we interact with them. And you know, with the web application, the mobile application, you can probably read as you were talking about terms of service and terms of conditions, you can read them. But when you're interacting with a voice assistant, especially one that you may not necessarily have installed yourself, you know, you think about like, you know, walk going into somebody else's house or somebody else's car or somebody else's wherever office and they're using a voice assistant, you may not have agreed to those terms just by walking into that, you know, space. So maybe you can help us a little bit, talk because I know you've been focused very much on voice applications in places like vehicles, right? So can you share with our listeners some of the unique challenges faced when dealing with and adding voice applications to vehicles? So there are a lot of challenges, I would say. The first and foremost is connectivity itself, right? You know, because most of the vehicles are not uh, as much connected. Uh, nowadays, you know, most of the companies are trying to push for connectivity in the vehicles. But then because you don't have enough information or enough uh, connectivity available, so, you know, we fall back on embedded kind of experiences. Now, the biggest challenge is uh, when we have an embedded experience in the car is, you know, whatever has been designed and deployed is what we get. So it's very hard to update them unless, you know, there's an over-the-air capability and then the vehicles can do it. Then the other thing is uh, it becomes very difficult to even personalize, especially because it's deployed in the vehicle. So now it's tied to a specific user and their account. So it's not going to, you know, understand like, hey, you know, now Kathleen joined or, you know, like now it's on or it's very difficult for, you know, the assistant to know those kind of things. So we end up, you know, being dependent on whatever experiences are being, are there in the vehicle. Now, the next big thing what happens is when you talk about challenges is there's a lot of, you know, like even if you have connectivity, let's say, for example, you have connectivity. So because the vehicle is not a static object, it keeps moving. There's a lot of, you know, like uh, background noise, first of all. The second thing is when the vehicle is moving, there could be some areas where there's no connectivity at all. So we need to be thinking about those kind of situations also when there's a spotty connection or when there's no connection at all or, you know, something else happened or the vehicle has no connection at all with any third party, you know, interfaces or anything of that sort. So I feel like these are really important things when it comes to a vehicle, you know, and these are like the critical ones, you know, the challenges which industry face as a whole. 
Yeah, that's really interesting, you know, because the car vehicles are edge devices. And so you're right, they can go into areas where maybe the connection is spotty or non-existent and background noise, of course. I think we had joked on the panel about how you'd like people to kind of live in a bubble that's super quiet, has no background noise. You can test the voice assistant, you know, have a perfect accent, but that's not the real world. And so you have to build applications and tools and technologies for the real world. Now... You know, speaking about the long-term vision for chatbots and voice assistants in vehicles, can you share with us your thoughts on that? You know, what is the ultimate long-term vision and roadmap for chatbots and voice assistants to actually be in vehicles and be successful and utilized to their full capacity? Yeah. So see, some of the things which, uh, you know, chatbots and voice assistants are capable of doing, we have seen and thanks to Alexa, thanks to Google Assistant, we are seeing that, you know, there's more things we can do than just calling someone or finding a nearby Starbucks and things like that. As you start looking at, you know, the voice in the car kind of scenario, there's a lot more things which can be done. So first of all, you know, is more added use cases, which I can see, you know, as a part of the now neuron part. There are many more use cases which will be used in the vehicles. For example, right now, the vehicles are capable of calling someone or finding a point of interest for you, or they are capable of, you know, like playing music for you or dictating or sending emails and stuff like that. But soon we'll start seeing that, you know, automotive companies have started leveraging more data and making it more like human-centered kind of. So for example, now the assistants will be capable of booking your car maintenance for you or they'll be able to order coffee for you on your way to office or they'll be able to, you know, like let's say for example, if you are in a new location, so it could become a tour guide for you and say like on your right is the Golden Gate Bridge or something along those lines if you are traveling to a new city which you're not aware of. So I feel like there's a lot more uh, these kind of use cases which will evolve, especially with, with, you know, the kind of data which we have. The second thing I feel is in the near future, I see, you know, like portability of digital assistant, which will happen. So people don't want to use multiple uh, digital assistants everywhere. They want one assistant which knows everything because people have concerns about data. So I feel like, you know, you become the identity for your digital assistant, maybe through biometrics or through account or whatever the medium is, maybe biometric will become, you know, everything in future. But then no matter which vehicle you are in, you get the same assistant, you get the same experience and you'll be able to use your applications and uh, features the way you've been using it throughout. So you don't have to learn anything new when you get into Ford versus a Tesla car. So I see a future like that, you know, very soon. Yep. Great. So, yeah, that's that's yeah. some good insights. Yeah, and we're just thinking about, you know, some of these additional insights that are sort of different than we may have thought about some of these other patterns, whether it's the recognition pattern that we've talked about. This is part of what's called the conversational pattern of AI. So for those for our listeners that have been following us, we have spent a lot of time talking about all these different patterns of artificial intelligence. And one of this is the conversational pattern, which is humans and machines talking to each other in the language of humans, not in the language of machines, because you know. It's really easy to build an interface that you can type and swipe and click and, you know, however the developer designed the interface, you're 
using it the way that the developer designed it. But that, you know, if you look at any science fiction movie, you look at anything that's looking ahead, we're not typing. You know, Star Trek, there's no keyboard there on the Enterprise and Star Wars. I don't, vaguely don't see any real mouse or clicking interfaces of any kind. So people really do want to talk to their machines. So, you know, that's sort of where people are. And I think that's where people are heading. And, you know, that's part of the future. So you're kind of living in the future a little bit, if you want to think of it that way. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if, if Star Wars and Star Trek and, you know, t- the Space Odyssey and all the other things have us talking to machines, clearly uh, we're heading that direction. So maybe you can give us a little bit of insight. You know, you've been thinking about the future a little bit. You know, what do you believe the future of AI is in general and its application to organizations and beyond? So, yeah, I mean, you brought up a really good point there. So it's the other way around. Like, we are not fascinated by these movies. Actually, these movies were inspiration because we were fascinated by these machines. And, you know, there was always an attempt that we wanted to talk to these machines. Like, there was a desire. And that is why, you know, like early on, also, if you look, uh, you know, there were attempts right from 1960s to, you know, evolve the speech recognition. So... I feel like, you know, we have come a long way in terms of how the speech recognition or the voice assistant in general works. And, you know, like all these movies have definitely, you know, like helped us think beyond just, you know, the conversations and, you know, not just like a transactional kind of thing, but more towards, you know, like a conversational aspect of it. So if you look, I don't know if you have seen the, you know, series, uh, The Good Place, but, you know, in that good place, there is Janet. And, you know, she's like your companion, uh, you know, and she's always available to you to answer your questions guide you and you know if you have any doubts she will do it for you so she's like your you know walking talking concierge next to you always so that is the future for sure you know like where people will not think about these more you know as a privilege but it will become a necessity like how we are using interfaces now like we cannot live with who would have thought like Many years back, I still remember, you know, designing my first uh, mobile application in around like 2001, 2002 timeframe. But then who would have thought like soon mobile will become a trend and people will start using mobile apps. There will be so many apps that, you know, like we will be using smartphones and, you know, we'll be dependent on these apps for everything. For us, you know, like many years back, just having a website was enough. So like you see how the trend has kept changing and now these mobile apps are also very smart. You know, they can do a lot more things for you. And, you know, we are using it right from dictation to recording to setting our schedule and things like that. Soon that is what will happen with voice assistants where voice assistant will become the primary modality because speech comes so naturally to us. We talk all the time and, you know, it's more easier for anyone irrespective of age, ability and situation to use voice. Even people who have any kind of disability or limitations, be it physical limitations or situational limitations, you know, speech becomes very relevant in those use cases as well. So I see like because of those kind of things, you know, the speech systems or voice assistants will become more famous and more uh, will be used more, not only in your home, but also in other locations and areas. For example, healthcare is actively looking at, you know, engaging and using voice assistants in hospitals and, you know, other facilities. Hotels are uh, looking at uh, using it in their room services for concierge kind of things. So I feel like, you know, all of these things will definitely help evolve the assistant space for sure. 
But I see like when you have all of these different devices, so many different devices in different locations, it becomes, you know, really challenging for someone. And that is where the interoperability, you know, portability or being able to talk to each of these, maybe, you know, the hospital assistant is able to talk to my home assistant to check my schedule or check my healthcare related information and things like that. So there will be like cross communications and things like that, which can happen as well, because soon this will be a world where, you know, like all the assistants are connected to each other. Yeah, I think that's great. That's a really good vision. You know, that we love asking that question, as Kathleen will tell you, it's our final AI Today podcast question, because everybody has different insights, you know, which is great. You know, we're not hearing, you know, after 160 some on episodes, you're not hearing the same people saying the same thing about super intelligence taking over the world. I don't think we've ever heard that even once. You know, <laughs> and we've had some great AI Today podcast episodes, including with people like Ben Gertzel, who you would, would have thought would have been saying something like that, but he doesn't. So you know, I think this is great. You know, your insights are fantastic. I think you're clearly at the uh, forefront, the cutting edge of, of applying, you know, AI and especially the conversational pattern in, in edge devices and edge systems. So you're seeing a lot of those challenges. So you really want to say thank you so much for joining us and sharing with us your insights. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank you so much, Shamala, for joining us today. And listeners, if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please make sure to rate us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. As always, we'll post any articles and concepts discussed in the show notes, as well as a link to the Data for AI conference and Shamala's panel in case you did not get to catch it live. We encourage you to check it out on replay. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you at the next podcast. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at Cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group and make sure to join the Cognolitica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.